hello San Diego or whoever you are, wherever you are. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of the Name Drop San Diego podcast, a musical episode. I'm Abby Hamblin and my co-host on this show is Christy Totten. You're about to hear from a very exciting San Diegan named Rafael Payade. He's originally from Venezuela, where he has conducted all the major orchestras and has gone on to become highly successful conducting all over the world. Currently, he's the music director of the San Diego Symphony, and he also spends some of the year conducting in a similar position for the Symphony Orchestra in Montreal, Canada. While the pandemic has been a challenging time for performers of live music, Raphael will soon conduct in the debut of the Rady Shell at Jacobs Park. It's the new summertime home for the symphony right along the San Diego Bay, kind of over by the convention center. If you want to see a visual of it and exactly what it looks like and it's all about, go to theshell.org. And speaking of the shell, before we share our interview with Raphael, here's a clip of some of the rehearsing he and the orchestra have been doing in the shell in preparation for opening night on August 6th. Raphael, thank you so much for joining us today. It's really nice to be able to talk to you. I first wanted to ask you about the shell. So it's almost open. It's a super exciting time. And so does it look or does it sound as cool as it looks? Oh, it's phenomenal. We are super, super excited about the shell because, I mean, it looks fantastic from, from the outside, from afar. It's funny. Sometimes I go to Coronado to take my daughter to Thailand Park to a little bit to, to go into, you know, with her scooter. And you see it from afar, it's so beautiful. But actually when you get on stage, it's just phenomenal. It's, uh, they have this fantastic ability. They put this constellation Meyer system on stage. So the feeling when we are actually on stage, is like we were on an indoor concert hall. So everybody could hear each other. We can work on colors, even though we are in the beautiful, outstanding, you know, outdoor, with the bay by the side, having water all, you know, 180 degrees and even a little bit more. And then you feel like you are inside a concert hall and you could do with the, all the musicians, the different soft dynamics or loud dynamics, whatever we want. So it's just outstanding. It's, maybe I'm a little biased. No, I'm not. But it's, it's for real. It's, it's really, really amazing, the sound. <laughs> Very cool. So, yeah, you've conducted symphonies all over the world, including Chicago, Oslo, Munich, and now you're doing the San Diego waterfront. And so we're, at, we're curious, you know, how much does location impact the performances and how you approach them? Well, the thing is that there are several orchestras that they have their summer series outdoors. And then, you know, it's, a, it's kind of a different thing for the audience to get back into here. But normally in all of those venues, you play the best 
on stage and whatever it gets out, it's it's a little bit like a, a, a I don't want to say a compromise because in on stage, even with all of the soccer that you give it all, but you never know what is the reality because all of the outdoor venues are outdoors, you know, so you kind of have to, okay, it's outdoor in Bravinia, for instance, they have the cicadas. Sometimes when they come, so you have that really low, loud noise in it, and it's like, well, it is what it is, you know. But we keep, people are having fun in here. Let's make beautiful music for everybody. What is absolutely different in here is that because of this sound, you could really go as if you were in the intimacy of a phenomenal concert hall. And then if you see the beautiful blue sky that we have here in San Diego, and you know, and you see the Coronado Bridge, and sometimes you could even see even further away and see a little bit of Mexico on the other side. It just, it makes everything, It let's say that it adds uh, uh, an extra layer of beauty and taste that it is very, like, let's think about like in a tasting menu that is very expensive, you know, and they can put a little bit of truffle on top it has that in here, so yeah. I love it. Great comparison. Well, what are you most excited about for this upcoming season? Oh well, because first of all, we are kind of going to dust off the uh, last eighteen months that the whole world has been going, you know, through this terrible pandemic, and it's a beautiful way to because we haven't been able to actually share with our audience, with everybody, what we normally do, which is uh, playing music but now we're going to be able to do it with a new brand new venue that at the same time that they have this state-of-the-art sound is also a park so anyone is anyone can come and is welcome to just go and do some jogging picnic yoga uh, bring your your i don't think the pets are allowed i i'm, I'm not so sure about that <laughs> but you could you could jog with your dog maybe not in the lawn or with or what cat whatever you want to do so it's a nice thing that we could actually be back to with the community and with the audiences of san diego doing what we can and you know trying to a little bit dust off what it has been this last 18 months of this terrible pandemic that has been affecting the whole world so i'm super super excited to to start you know i love the idea of orchestra yoga <laughs> you might have to make that happen <laughs> the beautiful yeah. music in the background um, so yeah, San Diego does have such talented musicians. I know we've had several on this podcast, but having all the experiences that you have all around the world, where do you feel like San Diego fits in, um, in comparison to other cities and, um, and places you've been around the world and what kind of reputation do you think San Diego has musically? Well, if the beautiful thing with San Diego is that the orchestra is outstanding. The artists are really, really good. And I think that not everybody knows how great this orchestra is. And this is one of the things that also we want when I came in here, that it's like, this is an orchestra that everybody should be talking about because the, uh, the finesse, the virtuosity, the, the, the um, flexibility that they give for any kind of genre that we approach is fantastic. So it is good that more and more people are like, oh my God, that is, it, is that is happening that in San Diego? Really? I have no idea. So it's wonderful to kind of um, burst the bubble for many people outside and realize that like San Diego, yes, you can see that. It's that, you know, like um, somehow it is happening at the same time with the Padres, you know, that is, you know, and now more and more everybody's just looking and it's like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. This is not uh, 
we are not messing around. You should really pay attention to what's going on in here. And it's beautiful to, to, to do it and, and, and to, let's say, inform people of the absolutely high standard and wonderful level that, of, of music making that we have in here. I love the idea of a comparison of the Padres League orchestras against each other. Like we have LA, we have, I don't know if they have one in Denver, but uh, um, that would be so San Francisco be for sure. Phoenix, yeah, San Francisco. Yeah, San Francisco. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, so the Padres are the best and the San Diego orchestra is the best. <laughs> I, I saw on your Twitter that uh, you seem to be a Padres fan, is that right? Yes, yes, I love baseball. In Venezuela, baseball is really, really big. And I have not been able living in Europe to really follow everything. And now that I have, you know, home here in San Diego, I'm really happy that I could go with my hometown team. So I'm very happy. Yeah. And I was following the Padres many years ago because my hometown, um, Puerto La Cruz, Barcelona in Venezuela, the team there is called Caribes. And they're kind of like the Tatis Junior of Caribes in there. It was uh, this amazing player called Alexia Marista, which he was playing with the Padres maybe eight or nine years ago. So it had, there's a, this strange connection from many years ago that I didn't knew that I was going to end up here. So the love for the Padres has been already there for a while. That's awesome. Um, so yeah, you have like moved around a lot. Um, you've had sort of two weeks stents different places. I think last year you were supposed to be in Paris and Stockholm. Um, I don't know if you were able to go because of the pandemic, but do you enjoy the traveling and the kind of like staying one city for multiple weeks or does it get daunting or how do you handle all of that? Well, it's kind of comes with the, with the, with the suit, you know, it's uh, <laughs> normally when you go, I used to have uh, before having the San Diego Symphony Orchestra as, as my main orchestra. I had an orchestra in Northern Ireland, in Belfast, the Ulster Orchestra, and then the rest of the weeks I used to do with guest conducting all over the place. Then I have, with the San Diego Symphony, I have to do 10 weeks per season, but you know, the season goes from October to May or to June, and those are 10 weeks that I have to go. All of the other weeks, I normally guest conduct in different places. Now that I have another orchestra in Montreal, that is going to be a little bit less time for me to be able to go and get conduct in different places. Because I remember that a year, well, not a year, more, two years ago, there were sometimes week after week at different city, let's say it could be Munich, Hamburg, London, Paris, uh, Oslo, then Tokyo, but then you go to Zurich or Geneva. So it's always come like this. And normally, when you could actually stay for longer periods of longer weeks at a time if when you were doing opera. When I did opera in Malmö, so there was like seven weeks. When I did opera in Stockholm, it was another eight weeks. When I did opera in Glyndebourne outside London, it was 12 weeks. So it, uh, it comes like this. You just learn how to pack really fast <laughs> and, and how to, uh, I, I, how to fall asleep on planes rather quickly. That's, that's one of the things that you really need to develop. <laughs> the talent right there. Absolutely. Uh, well, I want to go back into your past a little bit. You know, how did you become a conductor? When did you know you wanted to become a conductor? We read that you grew up as a French horn player. You know, when did you make that choice? Yeah, well, I just started the music a little bit, let's say, late, if you could say. I mean, I was almost 14 years old, and then I started playing the French horn. Um, and I remember there, 
we were playing with the National Orchestra of Venezuela. We were doing a tour in Italy, and this uh, fantastic maestro came. Uh, he speaks no Spanish at all. His name was um, Giuseppe Sinopoli, and he changed the sound of the orchestra within seconds. We were 150 kids that anything to try some tempo change or color normally takes a lot of rehearsal. And then this uh, person comes and with his aura change and his energy change the whole thing. And that's when I said like, wow, I would like to do that one day. Um, you know, when my hair is all white, I would like to do that. So that's when actually, <laughs> let's say like the conducting bug got into me. And that was about, I don't know, 1999, something like this. And then fast forward a little bit, I was the solo horn of the Bolivar Orchestra. We did a lot of touring. And then the founder of El Sistema, uh, Maestro Jose Antonio Abreu, told me that uh, he is a teacher of conducting himself, but he normally he did not take too many students. Uh, he told me that he saw in me something, and if he allowed him, he could show me the path to conducting. So it was fantastic. He, got, uh, he has a handful of students Gustavo Dudamel, the uh, music director of LF Harmonic, is one of them. So it was Gustavo, myself, uh, Christian Vasquez, Diego Mateo. So it was like four, on a range of six or seven years that he used. So it, it, it was wonderful. And that's how kind of everything started. What would you say, you, know, you mentioned him coming in, changing the sound of the orchestra. What is your goal as conductor here in San Diego? Well, I mean, because in, a, in an orchestra, when you go, everybody, um, it's like when you read a poem or when you are reading a book. Imagine reading a book exactly at the same time, 80, 80 persons, you know? Everybody's going to read it at a different rhythm. Everybody's going to try their own input. So the uh, idea of the conductor is to try to, that everybody goes in or aim the same way that we try to read this book towards the same way so we could actually share that story with the audience and bring them all together. So my idea to in here to um, when I came to San Diego is not only for the rest of the world and the rest of the country to know how amazing this orchestra is, but also to expand and um, um, give the right of music to everybody. That's why with the orchestra, we are doing this concert for San Diego because I think it's very important, even if you're not going to become a musician, that you get exposed to it. I mean, in my, my case, in my home, there were no musicians at all. I, my parents, they were no musicians. They were not music in my home. And because of the, the of this wonderful El Sistema program that in Venezuela reached my brother, and then my brother took me one day to the orchestra, I found out what it was the passion of, 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 of my life. So I would like to give that to everybody. Everywhere where I go, I think that it's like a right for everybody to be exposed to music. And then everybody could do, think what they, what, what, if they like it, if not, or, or you know, it, it doesn't matter, but it's important that you be exposed to it. This is a personal kind of goal and aim that we have, and they share it here with San Diego. So when we were having a wonderful time, the first time I came in, January 2018, the chemistry with the orchestra was phenomenal. And then they told me about what it was the plan that they wanted to do with the orchestra, that they wanted to do this and that. And I told them about how the music should be uh, all the time exposed to the community and everything. They were in the same page. So it was like, yeah, let's do it. Yeah. What would you say Very to fun. someone who feels like, you know, maybe like you were when you were a kid and you just saw it for the first time, you know, what would you say to someone who's never seen an orchestra, um, you know, to 
to say that this music is for them, that this is something they should go um, see and be involved with? It's, there's a beautiful story. Um, we did a concert for San Diego outside Petco Park in November 2019. And it was free for everybody to go. And we did uh, uh, different pieces. Let's say it was about 50 minutes. It was a beautiful San Diego day on November 9. You know, it was warm, perfect blue sky. People came with, with uh, picnics and things like that. We did a concert. We were having a blast, which that day the Padres gave me a jersey, which I'm very proud that I own. <laughs> That's very important to say. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we saw it on yeah. Twitter. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, that was, I was like, oh, this is so great. And I actually, that was part of the plan. When they gave me the jersey, I, like, I put it on and I went to conduct with the jersey. Music. I love so it. That's that was, awesome. So yeah. cool. Yeah, that was, that was great. But then we played the concert. People enjoyed. There was a, a, a little girl that she wanted to dance at the time that we were actually doing the concert. And she, there was a, on the side, well, she was just dancing. And, and of course, I didn't see it, but somebody showed me a video later. It's like, this is what it's about, you know, that it just hit you. You don't need to know anything or you don't need to have the pressure of having to do some kind of preparation. And there was, I was, the concert went great. We, I was leaving and there was this um, uh, security guard that told me, it was middle, middle age guys told me, look, um, I will never, thought that this kind of music I will ever enjoy, but seeing you guys out there having so much fun and bringing this energy to me, this is something that maybe I will start looking more into because I have never tried to reach this kind of music. So I think I will start that now. And that was for me like, this is it. You don't have to explain anything. You just expose and the music has that uh, wonderful miracle to do something sometimes or not. But if you don't try, you will not know what to do. So I prefer not to tell much. Just see and tell me if you like it. And if you don't, it's okay. You know, but there's no pressure. It's okay. Are you doing any work with schools or particularly young people? That was one of the things that the pandemic, because when the pandemic started, I was here only for six weeks. And uh, one of the things we were going to do is going to all um, the different schools because I know different schools have different kind of music programs. So we want to try to create something that, um, let's say, put them together with the San Diego Symphony Musicians and myself that we could actually kind of explore and maybe try to create by the time of when we do this um, kind of rehearsal and maybe by summer or something like that, that we could create, uh, have these kids coming to during that time, what it was going to be the shell, but it was going to be built. Now the shell is a reality and we could actually do it. And we even wanted to go and do something by national and go to Tijuana. I know that they have a program in there. And that was one of the things that it was completely interrupted, of course, because of COVID. But so now that we are dusting off of this, this is something that we are going to really look into and try to see what we can do and start working into something to we actually do it. Yeah. Okay. Well, we have a lightning round to get to know you a little bit better if you're up for it. Okay, sure. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So the first one is... Um, I don't know if this is the right word for it, but what is your favorite like popular or like mainstream music, like pop music or hip hop or something like that? Oh, uh, that's tough because I just put 
whatever is on the radio, whatever is the radio. So okay. it's like, because, yeah, I just leave it like that because I have all the time music going on in my head. So sometimes I just need to turn on the radio and whatever is there, I just let it, let it be. Yeah. Wait, I have to follow up on that. So you have music going on all the time in your head. Is, are you like, is it just like residual music from practice yeah. or are you conducting in your head? What is that? No, it's like a constant, um, this is going to sound a little voodoo, you know, but it's like, it on. Con- yeah, it's like constant studying. I always have music in my head and sometimes it have nothing to do with what I'm doing that week or next week. It's just random and there's always there and somehow it's, uh, there's always kind of marinating a little bit, you know, like there's something always so I could actually go back and then work it out. It's like, well, this color, what is that color over there? And then when I go and see the scores, it has been like, you know, any piece of meat that you let marinate for a little while, then it tastes a little bit better, you know? So it, it, it goes like this. Sometimes, it, I mean, it's a great thing, but sometimes it could be kind of um, annoying. For instance, yeah. uh, it happened for me once with Wagner that I was um, seeing the rehearsals assisting Meister Daniel Barenboim in Berlin. It was a production of Siegfried for the uh, the ring cycle. And Siegfried lasts uh, five and a half hours. And I remember that the week before it opened, I couldn't sleep. It was the music going on and on all the time. The next day I have to go to the rehearsal, sleeping like an hour and a half and just drinking coffee. And then I found out Netflix and streaming. And then doing that, it really can chop that up so I always before going to bed I sit watch some sitcom and that could actually make it and then I could go to sleep wow is that common among you know musicians is that something you talk to your colleagues about or is this you know kind of um, well I would like to say that it's common so it doesn't sound like I'm crazy <laughs> <laughs> well you're highly successful so I imagine yeah. it has something to do it's with working it. yeah. it's working for you um <laughs> Okay. Well, what do you like to do when you're not, when you're not, uh, you know, composing or not composing, when you're not conducting, playing, or hearing music in your head? Uh, you know, the normal thing, taking a walk, spending time with my family, with my daughter. Um, I love eating. I love drinking. And of course, with uh, having, uh, during the pandemic, I kind of um, did a little bit more into grilling, so I could do some more things, some more barbecues and things like that. Um, nice. It used to be that we used to go for uh, movies with my with my wife and I, but uh, now we have a five-year-old daughter, so that has changed a little bit. Plus, COVID has changed, and I'm sure that now that is going to come back and then seeing all the things. So you you know the the normal stuff. Since you do do a lot of streaming, what's something that you've really enjoyed lately that you've a show or a movie you've streamed? Oh, we have been now. There is this British series called um, Line of Duty, and that was that's it's it's really 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 good. Um, we watch also uh, lately. We have seen like uh, uh, Top Chef. I got to know Richard Blazing here. Um, later on so uh, i could kind of say like okay let's let's see what is this, the show that he's on about uh, we we enjoyed those as well um i am a big fan of friends that's how i learned my english yeah. really 
Yes, it's, wow, it's very, that's really cool. Embarrass, embarrassing to say, but it's absolutely true. <laughs> that's awesome. How old were you when you were watching it and learning? Um, maybe I was maybe fifteen or something, sixteen. So I, the way I used to do it in Venezuela was that I would watch the episode with uh, Spanish subtitles, and then I watched the episode in the evening with the closed caption, and that somehow did something in my head, and that's how I learned English. So. I was very excited with the reunion that they did a couple of weeks ago. So. Yeah, I was going to ask, did you watch it? <laughs> oh, yes, I did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, okay, yeah. what is like a bucket list item, something you just have to do in your life that you haven't done yet? Ooh, that's tough. Um, I don't know. Oh, my God. Um... I don't know, maybe, let's say, something that I would love to do in my field. Conduct the, either the New, Year, New Year's Eve concert with Berlin Philharmonic or the New Year's concert with the uh, Vienna Philharmonic. That would be something that I would love to do before I die one day. You know, yeah. yeah, New Year's Eve and New, Year, uh, New Year's uh, concert. Um, I would love to go to Hawaii. Um, uh, that the, I have never been there. Uh, I would love to get to be at La uh, Gran Sabana in Venezuela, which I never went there. You know that beautiful uh, Angel Falls that it appears in Up and all of that. And I was in Venezuela, and never went. Um, I don't know. It's tough because there are so many things. It, it, it depends on what. Uh, some places that I would like to have a, a, a hike or some food that I would like to eat or something that I would love to do is go to, I love single malt whiskey. So something that I would love to do is go to the speed site and maybe go to one of the distillers that I love, like Lafroig or Lagabulling or something. But I don't know. Those are the things that come to my head at the moment. Also, have you seen Parks and Recreation if you're looking for something to stream? No, I have not. It's Somehow. a comedy. It's a comedy, and that one of the main characters loves Lagavulin, so it's just reminded me of that. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> and he visits the he visits on the show. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, oh, it's in Scotland, I think, right? Like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know if you're allowed to say this, but we're gonna try and ask you: Do you have a favorite venue that you've conducted in anywhere in the world? Ooh, there are some. Um... Suntory Hall in Tokyo, uh, Halle, Zurich, Berlin Philharmonic in Berlin, um, Vienna Concert House in Vienna, Musikverein in Vienna, um, South Bank Center and the Barbican in London, the Ulster Hall that was my the home of uh, my home with my orchestra in Northern Ireland, of course, uh, Copley and now the Ready. Uh, Sheila Jacobs parking here. Um, Symphony Hall in Birmingham in, um, in the UK. Uh, Concertgebouw in Amsterdam. It's phenomenal. It's fantastic. Uh, St. Petersburg, the Marinsky Theater number two. Also state of the art on beautiful, beautiful um, uh, hall. The uh, Maison Symphonique in, Mon in Montreal. Fantastic hall as well. Um, 
yeah, those are the the ones that are jumping into my head. Oh, Santa Cecilia, Roma, in, in Rome, as well. Yeah, just to name a few. Yeah, <laughs> that's such an extensive list, and uh, yeah, it really strikes me as you've done a lot. You know, you've done a lot in your career so far. Um, you know, we've read articles where you're described as very uh, acclaimed for your age. Do you ever feel pressure because of that? No. <laughs> Good. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 Great yeah, I, I mean, I don't know because um, when I go, I, I just do what, what I love to do, which is make music and connect with the orchestra and with the audiences. So everything else, I guess, is just a, a bonus. So I don't, I don't really feel that kind of pressure. No, I don't. I don't think so. I don't want to sound arrogant either. No, it's nothing to do with that. But it's just that I, I just love making music and this is this is what it moves me and that's it pretty much yeah what is the sort of oh i was just gonna say what's the sort of emotional toll of doing these performances because you you know you said you love it so much and like like we said you are described as pretty charismatic um do you are you fully in the moment when you're conducting and do you really get emotional are you very zeroed in and focused like what's your demeanor as you're oh, on stage no. i'll go all in or nothing it's completely if the piece it's devastating i am completely devastated if it is completely joyful because of course you have to still keep your your head a, a little bit in the podium to be able to if something happens that you could actually move but i i think that that was the way that i was thought the music should be it's like you, the last breath of air that you're going to have so you're going to really leave as there's nothing else to do uh, you know um that's my way and that's the way i approach absolutely in any 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 music that i conduct what are some of your favorite pieces and why oh that's tough um <laughs> it's complicated because um i love for instance mozart Beethoven, Brahms, Schumann, Mendelssohn, Stravinsky, uh, Tchaikovsky, Prokofiev, Shostakovich, Mahler, Bruckner, Wagner, Liszt, uh, Ravel, Debussy. It's it, it's I can't pick one, and it's every every one of them. They have their own language and their own mark in music, which is wonderful. Especially when you try to make uh, some things that is have happened. Let's say where Haydn, that I didn't name, for instance, where Haydn was doing, and then Mozart took over and take it to a different place. Then Beethoven did it, and then it was taken by Schumann and, 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 and Brahms and take it to a different level, and then Wagner taking it into the other side and Brahms being at the same time and expand it to a completely different world. Bruckner and then Mahler. So there's many things that then they just start opening this beautiful, this beautiful kind of network of different layers and things. And then you come with the impressionism and then you have Ravel and Debussy and take it into two completely kind of different flavors. And then you don't even need to uh, have a script, but everything is how you feel. And then you could also use when you have a script and you have opera and you have Verdi and you have Rossini and even Mozart himself and Wagner, of course. So yeah, I can't pick one. Sorry if I, I wasn't clear. <laughs> that, was, that, that was a, a tough question. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. Do you do you have a philosophy or kind of thinking on um, how closely you interpret the music 
like right to how it was written and to how as the many um you know musicians that you mentioned the composers exactly to how it's written do you do a lot of variation does it depend on the piece um what's your kind of strategy when it comes to the music itself well the thing is that um what i like to do is first of all be very very faithful to what the composer wrote and do a lot of research of what was going on during his environment because some composers they like they kind of put an imprint of what was happening around into what they do and then that is like a step number one but then the orchestra is a living organism and then you will have to um with everything that you have in your head that kind of sound then you will see what is actually in front of you and being human beings we offer in different things and we are not the same in every single second so it's uh, it's everything always changes and you have to be in the moment it will be like when you take a swim you know that you will never hit the same water again because you know especially if in open ocean it just keeps flowing and the water just is going to just uh, wet you completely but it's never going to be the same amount uh, let's say particle of water that is hitting you here or here or whatever you know so music is the same that way you always have orchestras like san diego symphony 80 musicians 90 musicians on the stage and that is a living organism that uh, it takes something and sometimes we sometimes not we feed of what we are doing and how the audience can um, react to what we're doing and this is also something very important for us especially this last year that we have been deprived of having a live audience with us we see how much it drained us that we don't have that energy back you know so yeah, it's 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 a, it's a combination of, of many things. You mentioned some sort of dream gigs, you know, during the lightning round. But I mean, where do you hope your career goes from here? What else would you like to accomplish? I would like. I mean, there's a, a composer. I uh, uh, there's a conductor. His name is um, Herbert Herbert Blomstedt. He's Swedish. He's 96 years old, and he's still conducting all over the uh, all, all everywhere. That's what I would like for my life. That I, I would just, um, as a conductor, you, I mean, I'm 40 years old and uh, 41 years old, and uh, I'm just a baby. You know, there's so much more to keep growing and keep going and keep making music. So I, I, I just would like to make wonderful relationship with all this amazing orchestra and keep developing and bringing the old music and the new music to audiences and bringing more people into this wonderful world that is the music itself. Thank you for listening to this episode of Name Drop San Diego. We want to make a quick disclosure and share that Jeff Light, publisher of the San Diego Union Tribune, is on the board of the San Diego Symphony. This podcast is about introducing you to the amazingly talented and interesting people living and working in our community. And we have tons of other episodes talking to them, so please give our other episodes a look. Our guests have been very generous in opening up and sharing their stories with us, so we hope you'll check them out. We're on social media at NameDropSD, and we hope you'll tell a friend about us. Thanks again for listening. Bye.